This is a Podcast Now production. I'm just on this Instagram, Bali Bible. It looks like paradise. I'm so oh. jealous. And now you've just told me you're flying business class. <laughs> We're going to fall out. Are we okay? Yeah. <laughs> the jealousy is kicking in. Welcome to Life and Laughter with Annie and Holly. This week we are discussing something that we both love to do and we weren't able to do it as much during COVID and that is travelling. So we've got stories to share with you and um, yeah, just our kind of experiences. So Holly, I've actually just got off the beach. We do live on a bit of a holiday ourselves, don't we? Living in Dubai. We are blessed. We are blessed. But we live in paradise but we also get the traveling bug. And I think because Dubai is the hub of the world and we have so many amazing places on our doorstep, and especially now more than ever, after not being able to travel for two bloody years, get the dust off our passport and we are ready to go. I can't, literally all I want to do is travel now. (laughs) Oh, I know, I feel you. That's such a good point about not being able to travel and being expats in the UAE. The amount of people And even now, like, I talk to people and they're saying, oh, I haven't even been able to get home or I've just got home since being stuck for two years. And I think everyone's in need of a holiday, whether it's, like, going to see friends and family if you've been stuck abroad and you're an expat or whether you're at home in the UK or wherever you might be. And you're like, I just need some sunshine. I just need a change of scenery. So what have you got planned? Well, I think if anyone who listens to our podcast regularly is weddings which is absolutely amazing. <laughs> it's, I've said this before, but it sounds very shallow, but one of the first things I look at when I look at a wedding invitation is where it is. When it's back in like the rainy UK, I'm like, oh, why did you do that? Why did you do that? I know you want your nan to attend your wedding, but I don't want to go back to the UK. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously we've got Marbella, your wedding. I'm absolutely ecstatic for that. I unfortunately had the awful, awful conversation, but she took it so well and she was absolutely amazing and so understanding. But I was meant to be going to Barbados, but reality kicked in and with our work and how expensive it is at the moment to travel, I had to tell a dear friend of mine that I was unable to attend. So I was going to go to Barbados, um, which would have been a trip of a lifetime. But it's on the bucket list, but unfortunately not this year I'll be able to attend. Of course. I mean, money is one thing, but annual leave as well. It's very difficult, isn't it? Because you, we need to get our, see our family as well during our, you know, our annual leave periods. And when you've got time, you know, travelling and everything, it just, it sucks it all out, doesn't it? It does, but also you need to, one thing with living in Dubai, anything kind of America, South America side of the world is extremely expensive and extremely challenging to travel to so I've done a few trips and I was very blessed to travel to America um, last year but Barbados if anyone is looking to go to Barbados the best route you can go through from Dubai is Miami and Emirates from last year is flying direct into Miami and it's super simple but one thing we didn't realize is we booked our Emirates flights and we were like oh my God, it's like 500 dirhams. I was like, this is actually really good direct from Miami. 
But what it is, is the internal flight from Miami to Barbados. It was about 650 pounds sterling, like sterling to fly. And it's, it's literally a small internal flight. It was crazy because what we read up and we were like, why is this so expensive? But what we realized is during COVID, sadly, a lot of the internal small airlines went bust. So now there's only a few airlines that are flying to these small independent islands and they can charge what they want. And that's what it's come down to. So we really, really got bit from that side um, but it's an easy enough route, but it's about a day of traveling. So you need to take two days of traveling before you even start your holiday. Yeah, I mean, as well, that's like going completely the other side of the world. And Dubai's, you know, one of the, you know, the busiest, biggest hub airports in the world. And we're so lucky to be able to travel to all these different places that we've not even thought of or like that you know from the UK I wouldn't have even imagined going I went to the Philippines a couple of years ago and talking about small um, airlines like you know making their tickets really expensive we went to so it's nine hours I think from Dubai and we flew Emirates and we went to um, we did island hopping but all the different islands you've got to get small international flights so when we we went to Boracay which is this beautiful beautiful island and just before we left or just before we got there we got told that the island was closing for six months because there was a new prime minister and he wanted to do an island clear up and he wanted all the like he wanted everyone off the island (gasps) so we got there and we were really really naive and we kind of just assumed like well we've got our flight booked and I don't know what date it was but we had our flight booked for say like the first of April and um, we bumped into some friends and they said you know all the flights are being cancelled and um, you might want to check your flight. And we were like, no, 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 we're fine. And then the island was actually shutting the day before our flight. And we were in the Philippines with, I don't even think I took like any laptops or anything with me. We were sitting in this kind of like back room of this hotel and me and my partner were both frantically looking, searching for, um, you know, on what's the sky scanner. And we were just looking at flights and flights and, and, Honestly, we thought, well, if we don't get on a flight out of here, then what what we're going to do? Be stuck in Boracay on this island. And I said, we're going to have to like become bar managers. We're going to just have to open up our own bar, and or we're going to have to do I don't know some like side hustling in terms of like I don't know like rent quad selling, bikes or something. Yeah, rent quad bikes, selling chicken or something on the side of the road. And um, so anyway, we managed to find this flight. And it was £750 per person and they only had business available and it was a 40-minute flight at, off the island. And I've still got these air miles. They messaged me all the time like, you could upgrade your flight for this or whatever. And I, always, and I just say like, imagine we were nearly stuck on this island in the Philippines. But... Anyway, saying that, Philippines was the most insane, I think one of the most incredible places I'd ever visited, and I'd highly recommend. And if I hadn't have moved to Dubai, I don't even know whether I would have even gone to the Philippines, like if it would have even been on one of my lists. But because I have um, a lady that does my waxing and she's Filipino, and another lady that does my nails, and I just think... What, like I'd love to go there and you learn all about their culture and you know when they're when you're ch- talking to them so I would definitely recommend the Philippines if you haven't been Holly. I've always wanted to go it's one of those places I think if Covid wouldn't have hit I it would have been off my list already unfortunately but it's these kind of places like these these they're like kind of like island hopping like 
since COVID. Well, I'm hoping it will get a lot easier, but they took some time to open up, haven't they? Because, like, Bali's just open now. I just booked my fl- flights last night. <laughs> I'm going to Bali. Aye. What, for your honeymoon? <laughs> Did you do it? Yes. Yay! <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. Oh, you're oh. going to have the best time. Best time. I booked it last night. I was like, right, we're doing this. We're going. And I've been following, I think it's called the Bali Bible on Instagram. We'll tag them into the description and if you're looking at going to Bali like I follow them they've got all these kind of hidden gems yeah all these like hidden gems of hotels restaurants bars and I've also been following like Bali visas or something because they were keeping me up to date with all the Covid restrictions but now I think I can go in don't have to do a PCR test and it's a nine hour flight with Emirates from Dubai and we did do a little cheeky upgrade, not going to lie. We've got some air miles, so... Um, oh, Annie, uh, I'm sorry, but this dream. tone in our podcast is going to change very quickly because I'm just on this Instagram, Bali Bible. It looks like paradise. I'm so oh. jealous. And now you've just told me you're flying business class. <laughs> We're going to fall out. Are we okay? <laughs> yeah. The jealousy is kicking in. This looks incredible. Do you know what? Like, fair play. And I'm so happy that it's opened up because this was one place where it's been closed for about two years. And if there's yeah. one time to go, it's to go now because it's literally had two years to reset, clean up, bounce back, and you're just going to see it at its true beauty. It's going to be amazing. Absolutely amazing. Thank you. It's also so, like, we looked at our hotels. We're going for 11 nights. And a third of the price that we're paying for Santorini for four nights that we were going to go to. Like, it's it's a no-brainer. We might as well go somewhere for 11 nights for the same price as this hotel we had booked in Greece, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, it's exciting. We've also got Jordan. We've got a wedding there. And then we've got a wedding in Athens as well this year and yeah and then already next year we've got so many things booked but where's your favorite where's been your favorite place to travel i was gonna ask you the same um you go first (laughs) so for me look i'm not a beach goer i can do about two days but i'm more of a city girl like i've got really yeah i love like putting a rucksack on getting my trainers on having a coffee in hand like I need to see stuff I want to be like hustle bustle my brain's like exploded with like creativity and I'm seeing new things I'm doing different museums and trying new things and there's two places completely two different ends of the spectrum I went to Nepal and I would say I absolutely love that uh, I went to Kathmandu. It was literally how I just explained it. You're, you're walking down the street and then next thing you know, there's like a cow walking walking across the road and then a monkey's trying to like jump on your back. Like I went to this like temple which was covered in monkeys and it was it was just it was just nuts. It was like you didn't know what's where to look or where to go and so cultural. Very cultural and it was like the food was incredible, the people were amazing, like so helpful like there's no road signs and unfortunately they had a very very bad earthquake a few years ago so you know even before covid times we were walking around with masks on because of the dust from this earthquake and it's just one of these like you go to bed and all you hear is like beeping noise because it's it's so fast paced and hustle and bustle and it was just amazing there's so much to see and then we also went to the countryside like we drove I think it's like two and a half hours out 
and I, I'd done abseiling, like down waterfalls and stuff like that. So I, it was amazing experience. And then the other end of the spectrum, and also, sorry, before I, I forgot Kathmandu, I think it was only a four hour flight and it is so cheap from Fly Dubai. And it's even cheaper when you get there. If you want like a long little weekend away, I would say Nepal. But I've heard mixed things, being completely transparent. I've had friends who have gone there and they didn't really like it. But then the group of friends I went with, they absolutely loved it. And I have no bad things to say about it. It was incredible. And then also we done the flight around Everest, which was something I feel that everyone should see. It has to be on your bucket list. Like... I'm not going to climb it. I'm not going to do base camp. I'm not uh, fit enough for that. I know I do F45, but that's another level climbing Mount Everest. But yeah, that that I flew around and it was like $75. And it was just an incredible experience. You get a glass of bubbles, you go in the cockpit, you see its true beauty. And it was a remarkable experience, which I will never forget. That's actually one of the most dangerous flights, isn't it? The Everest one, because the wind, they don't know how quick the wind can change. I remember Dan did the same trip. I don't know whether he was either with you no. or he went a couple <laughs> of weeks after. We don't probably, we weren't having a cheeky affair, Anna. Annie. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be a bit He's weird exactly if I was the going... same story. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be a bit weird if I went on holiday with, with your husband to be and not you. <laughs> Well, and he's and he's had to sign like a little declaration <laughs> about that flight. Oh my yeah. god, I'm, I, I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I had to sign the same paperwork, and to be honest, you, you've you, you've just don't read it. It sounds. I read it, and I was like, I, I, I was actually thinking about calling my parents before I was getting on this flight. <laughs> writing a quick will I haven't got anything to leave but you know <laughs> sending my best wishes to everyone because the way they say it it, it, it sounds like you're not going to come back but I just thought sod it you've got to do it and we spoke we met people travellers along the way you know in bars and restaurants and in Nepal and we said have you done the flight and they were like yeah we've done it and you know I feel that they just any disclaimer you read it and it, it, it sounds traumatic any girl who's got don't done lip injections, Botox in Dubai, sounds like your face is going to fall off and you're going to lose your eyesight. Like when you... Well, I just think even if you go to like trampolining, they always say like... That's what I mean. You might die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we're yourself, laughing about you? this, but it's true. The way they say it, you know, you just got to go with it. So, and, and you know, if your time's up, your time's up really, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, that's a good way to think about it, but... Um... <laughs> I actually went to Thailand and I had a, a real near-death experience on one of these little boats and it was Dan's birthday, bless him, and I just turned to him and I said, it's the day you were born and the day we think we're going to die. <laughs> he, he was taking you down <laughs> with you. <laughs> oh, what dear. happened in Thailand? I don't think you ever told me this story. Oh, I don't know. It's a very long story, so I won't go into it. But we were on one of these little boats. Uh, they do the island hopping and we went on to... Can't remember the island. It's where the Bounty Abbots is filmed, and there was a James Bond on there, like a part of the film. And it was off PP. I can't remember the name of it, but it was this island, and we all got there, and it was about three o'clock in the afternoon, and all of a sudden the water just came out like it it did in the tsunami, and all the boats then got stranded, and then it just went completely dark. There was this huge storm. 
And between maybe like 20 boats, we all got, there was four boats left that we all had to try and get on between like the 20 of them that there was. And um, yeah, we just had to get buckets and get them, because we had to obviously go on these little wooden boats back to shore. There was no islands around near us or there was nothing close by. And even the driver, he was like, I've never seen anything like this. And we were like, oh, that's really, really reassuring. (laughs) And the water was crashing in on the boat and the engine stopped working because it kept, like, it was just awful. Did you have to get buckets and throw, like, was it that kind of? Yeah, buckets. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Everyone was crying. It was awful. We got back to, we were really, really lucky. Like we were afterwards, we thought, God. and then there was a lady actually that um, we spoke to the next day and she was, and she was saying that her husband's a captain of a boat. And she said that you should always go out in the morning on boats because in the, the afternoon, that's when the sea becomes quite unpredictable. <gasps> See, I so, was always, I was completely opposite, but I was always told don't go in the sea in the morning because that's when the sharks oh, really? feed. <laughs> I, don't know if that's an, I don't know if that's an old wives tale but it's stuck with me I'm like no morning <laughs> swims for me <laughs> I'm not going to be a dinner <laughs> oh dear and while we're on the topic of like being in the city and um when we went to Sri Lanka we were I went there with my sister and I'd highly recommend it to anyone I mean all of these places I'd recommend and yeah you need a notebook and a pen while you listen to this episode because you can write down all our (laughs) we'll actually put it maybe in our description so people can have a look we went to Sri Lanka and I never realized that Sri Lanka got really really badly hit with the tsunami like worse than Thailand whereas in the media in the UK it was more focusing on the Thailand deaths and injuries and when we were in this hotel in Sri Lanka we were sitting there me and my sister we were having breakfast and there was a clock and it was always at 20 past nine. And we said to them, by the way, your clock doesn't work. And he goes, oh no, that was actually the time that the tsunami hit the hotel. And um, we, we, it was still here. And it was part when we came back to the hotel. So we've kept it as like a memorabilia. Oh, what's it? Well, very moving story and sad, but I like that they've kept that to, to remember yeah. what happened and the people. And it was so surreal, like the fact that we were sitting there having breakfast by the sea every day. It could have happened to you. And it literally was like, it was very, very moving. And we went to this amazing, um, it was like a a little memorial slash museum. And it was very basic. It was just, but it was all like letters and photos and everything that had been written by the families. And that was in Hukadua in Sri Lanka. Oh God, it was really like, and we met so many locals that were so grateful for people that had come and volunteered and stuff. And it was one of those places that you think, you know, you're so blessed that you've actually been able to visit there. Yeah. And the thing is, things like that, that will stick with you, Annie. That's the kind of stuff you remember. And that's why like, it's so important to... Like, I personally don't understand, and it, it sounds awful for me to say, and, and not in a judgmental way, but, you know, when people just go on holiday and they go to the same place every year and they'll go to the same bar, same restaurant, it's like, you need to venture out. You need to experience different people's cultures, experience the history of the place. You know, every, every place has a story. That's what you always remember when you travel. And I agree. I think every time I book a flight ticket, I think you never regret it. You're most incredible memories come from holidays don't they always always and where where's your favorite place oh i'd say the philippines was amazing remember we went to um, zanzibar didn't we i loved zanzibar in tanzania yes yes that was a good trip that was incredible we went to was it turtle bay the turtle island 
Oh, Prison Island. It was, no, it was Prison Island, but then there was all the turtles on there. Yeah, these huge, like the biggest, I think they were tortoises, not turtles. Yeah. Because turtles live in the sea. Now I sound like an airhead, but yeah, I remember <laughs> it, it was amazing. <laughs> we need to find a photo, we'll put it on our Instagram view with the tortoise. Oh, I've got loads, I'll post it straight away. I, 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 they popped up on my, um, you know, my my memory hop thing oh yeah me, me and my besties because with with the long weekends here it's so nice to be able to go and do those weekends we did um singapore as well one year didn't we and can i just say when holly says about her backpack and the fact that she loves walking around the city i was waking her up every morning <laughs> she blames the time difference <laughs> and the fact that we were also going to bed about 4 a.m 5 a.m every night and at seven i was like morning come on holly i'm let's a grandma go and explore. i'm a grandma but can i just say so so i remember when we when we put Singapore, I just started a new job and I honestly did not have the time to research hotels, like even reply <laughs> I know what on you're the group. Say. I did not, I didn't have time to do anything. And I, like I did on Annie's defense, give her the consent. I was like, please just book it and tell me the dates, the times and the money, what I need to transfer you. I got an email through. She only booked bloody Marina Bay Sands, one of the most fanciest <laughs> hotels. I think that's why I slept in because the bed was so amazing. It was like, and it was like the type of the hotel, like you walked in and our curtains opened up for us. It was so <laughs> high tech. I didn't know even how to flush the toilet, how to turn the lights on. <laughs> I didn't know what to do in the room. It was so crazy. Like, but it was a memorable experience. But the last time I'll ever give you the green light to book a hotel, without I'm still paying it off it's been five years <laughs> oh my god can I just say in its defense it was amazing it was and amazing. the location was incredible <laughs> you'd have paid more on hotel on taxis if we'd have gone further out <laughs> no to be honest with you anyone who is staying or going to Singapore pay the bit extra and stay in Marina Bay Sands for these reasons they have a casino in the hotel, which we absolutely loved going in the evening and it never closes. They have the most incredible infinity pool at the top of the hotel, which now they've changed the rules. You cannot go and to that pool unless you're staying at the hotel. And they've got the botanical gardens, which you look over and you just walk straight in. And for me, we spent one day in the botanical gardens and that was one thing I was like, I really, really want to go and see. But... I think you could actually do two days. I loved it. I loved it. So 100% stay there, go and do it. It's right next to a mall as well. The location's incredible. And I, I agree with you, the botanical gardens. I mean, I did throw a strop for like five hours walking around it, but we had just landed over an overnight flight and it was so humid and we just weren't dressed to the, you know, we just didn't know what to expect. And I just really wanted to go for a wine lunch. So I'm really sorry that I, I did throw a paddy, I think the whole way around the botanical gardens. But can I just say about the, the, the pool, because we went up there, didn't we? And we thought, you know, everyone gets that amazing Instagram shot at the end of the pool with the whole of Singapore in the background. <laughs> so we get in this pool and it's our last day and there's like this huge storm about to happen. The pool is freezing. Do you remember, Holly? Oh, yeah. We, 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 I was like, I'm going in, getting my photo and getting out. I was like, I'm not staying in it. <laughs> Get pneumonia. 
the photos of us were like, yeah. like freezing <laughs> so much. And then all of a sudden this siren goes off and we've all been told to get out the pool immediately. And we were laying there in our towels, like freezing cold, thinking this hotel probably is the only hotel in the world that can afford to not put its heaters on and no one complain because they've got the view. And uh, then they had this stick. Do you remember? It was like this stick on the on the edge yes. side of the ho- of the pool and basically it, they put that stick there because if their lightning hits it hits the stick rather than the water but the lightning and the, the thunderstorm was getting so close to us that they asked everyone to get out the water <laughs> otherwise we could have all been frightened. it was quite frightening actually but it was something i remember because we were watching we were lying there as nuts as it sounds like with with a glass of Prosecco, just sitting on our sun lounges. There was no sun. It was absolutely freezing. But we were lying there, and in, in the background, there was just, like, this storm coming towards us, which was so picturesque, but also quite crazy that we just sat there and didn't didn't move. <laughs> didn't do anything. That's so true. Now, for our listeners, what would you say, if I was to ask you, Annie... Three top tips for travelling. So, number one, definitely, I always do my research on hotels with location. I love a good location when I book a hotel. Yeah. Number two is definitely speak to someone, if you can, that's been to that country or that lives there. Because I think the hidden gems and the ones that the locals know, like, for example, when our friends come to Dubai, we take them to all the areas we know rather than just what you see on Instagram. And that's always people's favourites. Number three is don't change your money up at the airport. (laughs) That's a very good one. And I've done it so many times. What would you say yours is? My one is something my mum taught me. And I, I think I told you to do this. It's basically in your hand luggage, pack a swimming costume and a spare pair of clothes. Because if your suitcase gets lost, you want to be able to at least get changed and have a spare set of clothes on you. And as much as we all say it and we don't think it will happen, but nearly once in your lifetime, you're going to lose your case. Like as awful as it sounds, it's so easily done with airlines now. So pack a very, very small amount of clothes in your hand luggage. Just something for you to get changed in. You shower at the hotel you know, go out and get some breakfast or lunch and obviously be on the phone shouting to your airline. Another one, as stupid as it sounds, I always, and this is something I've done for years and I don't know why I do it, but it's a security thing. I always, always, any hotel I check into, I ask for their business card. And that's if my phone breaks, if my battery goes, I have a business card of where I am staying so I can show it to a taxi I can show it to anyone and be like, how do I get here? I've got the phone number. I can call the reception on it. For me, especially, I've done that quite a lot in uh, Thailand. And it was so much easier to pull out a business card, especially if you go to quite dangerous places where you don't want to hand over your phone in a taxi and you don't want to get your phone out in public. Take that business card and just pull that out of your pocket and say, take me here. For me, that's the best thing. that's so wise and such good advice. I'm going to do that going forward. (laughs) And another thing I learned, I always used to text, you know, when you land and there's a reason why they do it. The phone companies basically say, like, text us for this package and so on and so on. If you're on Etisalat, you're actually cheaper to go through the app and pre-order your data. 
and your minutes. So that's one thing I learned and I do that. I think they have a special offer at the moment. I think it's unlimited data for certain countries and I think like 100 minutes and it's something like 39 dirhams a day, wow. which is nothing. So yeah, that would be my, my top tips for traveling. I really think that's good and I really wish I'd listened to the first one because I my suitcase went missing last year yeah. and I never have gone away for six weeks before in my life and I had six weeks worth of stuff in my suitcase. My UK trip, my UK hen, I had two weeks in Spain and it went missing and I didn't have anything. I opened my hand luggage, had a pair of trainers, which I probably didn't even end up using in this, in Spain, <laughs> and um, my hair dryer, Dyson attachment pieces, but not even the Dyson bit that goes with it, so I couldn't even use it. And I was <laughs> oh, no. so annoyed with myself. Oh, and a pair of heels. Just what you need oh, in emergency. Yeah. I'm just trying to put all the heavy stuff in the, you know, you know, yeah. like trying to even out all the heavy stuff goes in the hand luggage. Yeah, and another thing for anyone who is going to America, this is only a tip for America. So if anyone who knows me very well, they know I absolutely love America. My partner is South African and he unfortunately couldn't get his visa because there was this huge outbreak of this second South African COVID strain and they weren't issuing any visas so he couldn't unfortunately come to the UK with me so we were like where should we go and America was the best solution like they do not care they're staying open and it's just like life is back to normal so we went around Texas and Louisiana for two and a half weeks we'd done a bit of a road trip we stayed in nine different hotels we didn't plan a single thing. We just went with the flow and spoke to locals and they told us where to stay and where to go and we just followed their lead. But one thing we did learn is America loves tipping. Everywhere you go, even if you go to Starbucks and you ask for a coffee, you need to leave a tip. Even if you go to a restaurant and you have one drink, we were sitting at a bar and the actual bartender was expecting us to tip for every single drink he poured us. And I was like, that is ridiculous. That adds up. So do yourself a favor. The second time we went to America, I pre-ordered, I went to the currency exchange place and I pre-ordered a wad of like $1 bills. I looked like a bit of a stripper, but I didn't care. I literally <laughs> had a wad filled of $1 bills. And the good thing with America is all the, the money is all the same color. So you basically just wrap it up, put it down, like in a taxi, hand over a $1 bill. By the time they realize, you are long gone. And I know that sounds <laughs> stupid and I'm dodging tips, but it, with good service, like where we went to nice restaurants, we tipped properly, but not for getting coffee and little things here and there. We literally just ate into the dollars. So pre-order your small currency, which to be honest with you, this tip you can actually adapt for any country you go to because all the currency exchange places give you the large notes and it's a nightmare to break into them, isn't it, when you're travelling? Holly, we have a lot of listeners in the US. There's going to be a taxi man in New York thinking, I'm going to be watching out for We you won't guys. after this one, they'll hate us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <will>. I love <laughs> America. <laughs> no, I do, I do. That's funny. And, you know, with, um, I think being an expat is... We also don't just travel, but we always have friends come and visit us. And we have to take time off as well for that, don't we? Have you got many guests this year? 
I was going to. My brother and his partner and the kids were going to come out and see me, but unfortunately they, they, they couldn't. And I had an amazing itinerary put together because Dubai is so kid-friendly. Like, honestly, when you open that Pandora's box, like, me me and Annie do not have kids. Um, so I was like, what do I do with them? Like, it's a, such a foreign thing for me to do on the weekend, entertain children. But there's everything here. You know, we were going to IMG World. We were going to take him to the Atlantis Water Park, Legoland. Um, Dream, I think it's DreamWorks where um, Legoland and there's like a huge theme park there. You know, the beach, there's so much to do and, and see here. So we were going to have guests here, but unfortunately, no time soon. So I have a, have a little bit of a day off, have, have some time for myself. <laughs> That's nice. And it's always nice because I always, well, not always, but it's nice because I haven't had visitors for so long because of COVID. I had my dad and my brother visit last year um, at Christmas. And then I've got a friend that's just moved here following our Dubai, Living in Dubai podcast. We convinced her, Holly. She actually I, did it. I, she was like... I know. I can't believe it. We went out for dinner with her, didn't we, um, this weekend? And I was like, I can't believe... You were the one who was messaging us questions of our podcast, listening to um, Move Into the Sandpit, one of our first ever podcasts. And now she's actually done it. Oh, I know. So we we changed someone's life. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. I wouldn't put it that far, but, but um, we inspired her. We inspired her. Twist, twist well, hopefully we've inspired some people as well about our, our um, travelling tips or travelling places we've been to and recommendations. I think from Dubai, I definitely would just recommend doing this side of the world while you're here, even if you're living here for a couple of years and make the most of the public holidays. Try and book your flights early and, you know, get some good deals and, and then you can hopefully see some amazing places. There's certain, Like Maldives is three hours. We haven't even touched. We've hardly touched on anything. No, feel like. no, exactly. Like when the public holiday calendars release, like pre-book those flights before it's even confirmed because that's when they get you. The airlines and stuff, they know where it is. But hasn't finished. Um, we've said our tricks and tips, but we have a very good friend of ours, Dara, who we actually asked to come onto our podcast because he is the king of hotel points, air miles. He just knows every single way, creative way to save money and to get a bit savvy when traveling. So we actually asked him to come onto our podcast to kind of give a few tips and tricks from his side. So without further ado, the wonderful and the only, the king of points, Dara. Hello, Dara. How are you? I'm great, Holly and Annie. How are you doing? This is great. Great to be speaking with you. Welcome to Life and Laughter. Well, thank you for having me. As I said, it's, uh, it's so surreal to have friends who are like these, like, podcast superstars now and I know you in real life as well it's great yeah I wouldn't say superstars you will be you will be Joe <laughs> Rogan started off like this as well and look how he is <laughs> nice to meet you anyway Dara and um, I can't wait to hear all your advice I actually probably should have had this conversation with you yesterday because last night I just booked loads of hotels and loads of flights for like the year <laughs> you know when you oh, do it all in one one go please tell me you didn't prepay for anything no i that's didn't actually that's good that's good first first rule never prepay oh okay so um, i think then like that's the first question like what what advice do you have for us when booking where do we start 
So it's it's interesting. So I always like Google is obviously is the best, right? So Google you can check flights and you know even your booking.com. So I always do like a cursory search, just like anybody, especially if it's a new country or a new city, right? You need some bit of a, a baseline to say where is it. You know, if you go to Rome, you know you kind of look at where all the the fun touristy things that you must go see, and you try to find something that you can walk to, right? So the same goes for every other city or country that you're going to. But usually. Once I've decided on, you know, these two or three places based on a location, I then go to the direct websites and I will kind of compare between a booking.com price and direct on the website. And and then once once you kind of figured out what's in your budget and, and what you're going to do and if you want full board or all inclusive, I usually say book directly with the hotel because then if, you know, especially COVID times, if you need to change by a few days because of PCR tests or whatever, it's a lot more flexible versus trying to deal with a third party. And um, and then even it's happened many times when, you know, if you get a better deal on booking.com, just call up the hotel and say, hey, got a better deal on booking.com. Uh, what can you do for me? And they'll always give you a discount. Always. Really? So do you actually mm. call? So you call booking.com. So you basically look at, say, for instance, if I was go- like, well, I don't know if you could do it, but if you were staying, say, for instance, even in a hotel, a staycay in Dubai, would you look on booking.com and then call a hotel and be like, it's cheaper on booking.com? Yeah, you can just call speak to the room's reservations and say, hey, look, and they'll usually say, yeah, you know, that's the, the rate that they get and say, well, if you know that booking.com takes between 20 and 25% of, of what's been paid, um, any person in the hotel's room reservations will figure out some, they'll have some code in their system to give you a cheaper rate or they might say, look, you know, pay for this, which is the same price or a little bit higher and we'll give you breakfast or half board or something. And, and I would say nine times out of 10, it's going to work as long as you're speaking with somebody relatively competent. Uh, <laughs> should be good. <laughs> That's with a big asterisk of competent. Yeah. <laughs> Not a machine, a voiceover. Exactly. Yeah, but no, it's yeah, it's it's an easy one, and, and it works. I would say it works probably a lot better. It's, it works a hundred percent of the time with standalone hotels, or like uh, if you're in the UK or Ireland and you're going to these kind of country resorts, country retreats, or you know those manors and castle hotels, they always do it because they they just make more money. Sounds like you got lavish holidays, Dara. All these lovely Something country like castles and things you go. I have a very, I've, I've a very demanding significant other who, who really likes trying new places. So I'm blaming her. Okay, maybe you can speak to my partner, Dara. I'll pass you on so she, you can give him some advice. <laughs> Done. And I have to ask: Is there any like particular chains which you always go to, you stick to? Like you know, you've got the the W Hotel, Hilton, Marriott. Yeah. So for like for me, I worked in hotels for years, like more more than a decade, and a lot of that was spent in the Marriott Hotel Group, and that you know part of Marriott. I don't know probably have like twenty brands now, and W was one, Saint Regis. All the old people listening might remember Starwood. Starwood was you know your Sheratons, Westons, W's, Saint Regis, and that's all merged into Marriott now. So for me, they have everything that you might need. So if you're going to New York and you want to stay somewhere just to sleep, you've got a Moxie, which is like these tiny rooms, but in the middle of Times Square are perfect venues. Versus you can also, if you're going to Maldives, you can stay in the W or St. Regis, right? So they kind of have all their brands and you can book it all through their website. And that's the, the other little thing is they have the best rate guaranteed. So if you have that cheaper rate on booking.com or Agoda or whatever it is, you just take a screenshot, you send it to Marriott, and they will actually not just match it, but they'll give you 20% discount on the cheaper rate that you find. 
So that's usually where, you know, again, I'm loyal to Marriott because I worked with them and I, I know what they do. But Hilton, you know, IHG, Accord, they're all good too. And they all have multiple brands, but Marriott's the largest of them. Sorry, I was going to say, so you know when you mentioned at the beginning, never pay, like you said, don't, I hope you haven't prepaid. I hope you have, I, yeah. I hope you've gone prepay. Yeah. Or I hope you haven't prepaid. Um, Why? So usually the prepaid, like you're, you're basically, again, you're limiting yourself, you know, like everything, work commitments, family commitments, something happens. Once you give away your money and usually you're not saving a huge amount, uh, you're just very inflexible what, what's going to come up. At the end of the day, you're, the, as long as it's, you know, the exceptions to the prepay might be like New Year's Eve in Dubai, right? As in hotels kind of just mandate that because we all know the city sells out. So there might be times when you prepaying is the only way. Uh, but for a general holiday or, you know, going to a regular city that's not on a kind of a convention or something big happening, prepaying is just limiting you because any little thing, your flight gets delayed and you need to arrive a day later. They're going to say, no, sorry, you prepaid and you got this special rate because you prepaid. And and that's usually just it's, you know, you're, you're giving too much power to the hotel. Um, so I would avoid it unless, you know, if you're saving 50 percent and you want to take the risk, fine. But it's usually not that much of a saving. Yeah, that's good to know. I don't actually, I always do it when you pay on arrival and I always use booking.com. See, booking.com, it, again, it's, it is convenient, right? Because you have, like, I, I fully understand why people are like, oh my God, booking.com. But then if you stay 30, 40 nights a year in a hotel between business and leisure and you use booking.com, you don't really get points for yourself. You don't have any benefit for free nights or perks that you would if you kind of maintained uh, your booking strategy directly through brands. And and that's something that people, I suppose, the convenience of one app for multiple brands outweighs that points. For me, it doesn't. Um, but that's where people sometimes will, will say it. But Booking.com, I, I use it as a, as a Google search for hotels. Right. Actually. And with that, I think I always like Booking.com because I don't know. I used to work years and years ago for Radisson Blue. Yeah. Um, and I always found, and I'm, it's nothing against them, but it's just I found their brands wherever I went, they they still kind of had that brand throughout each hotel. Yeah. And I like to go places where I, I, somewhere different every single time. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. I think like that's where booking.com and even Airbnb. So I'm not adverse. I say, you know, whenever we've like pre COVID traveled to like Thailand or Bali or somewhere, we would often do Airbnbs and we'd get like a villa that kind of comes with somebody who's in-house cook or cleaner, right? So there's always going to be times when, you know, your general stay, you know, a booking.com or Airbnb will help. But, you know, it's it's then, you know, it's just about measuring it up on, on what you need at the time. Are you looking for a city break? Are you looking for something, you know, for two weeks where you want some, you know, added, you know, help and support? Yeah, but booking.com, I, I see the appeal for it. I just, you know, from a business perspective, I think it's ridiculous that they take so much money for from the hotels from that rate, right? So if you're, say, you're paying, you know, 300 euros a night for a hotel through booking.com and the hotel's getting 220 euros you know you know even how you're treated if you call the hotel and say hey i want to you know have this perk or do this this often say just contact booking.com right there's there's a lot of kind of negativities against it but yeah it's a convenience more than anything else now before we get started into the nitty-gritty because obviously i said you were the king of points before we kind of dive in deep of air miles and points and how basically to educate our listeners, because I don't know much about it. I want to ask, where is your favourite place to travel to? Where's your perfect, like, dream destination where you've been? 
because me and Annie yeah, just so... answered ours, and I'm quite intrigued because you're very well travelled, Dara. I, I like to, yeah, I like to travel, as in it's obviously been something that I've done quite a bit. Uh, I just got back from Colombia last night, actually. So I was in Colombia for, for 12 days for work. So that was uh, an exciting trip. It was a, definitely a bucket list place and got to go to a few cities. I would say like the, the whole pre-COVID times versus now, our preference of traveling is slightly different. Uh, Pre-COVID, it was Asia, as in, you know, your Bangkoks, your Vietnams, your Philippines, you know, all the islands, they had, you know, all those amazing places because you could travel there directly from Dubai and it was really inexpensive. You know, we found that, you know, you could go on a 10-day holiday and you, even though you're spending and eating out in great places, you come back and you're like, oh my God, I didn't spend that much, right? Because your value for money just got so much more in, in, in Asia. Uh, but since COVID, it's actually been the US. We've been to the US, I think, three times since COVID, just because it reopened, right? And it was like direct flights. This was when, you know, Europe wasn't accepting the Sinopharm vaccines that we originally had and all this nonsense. And it was just like, where else can we go? And the US was wide open. So, you know, the year before last, we were in New York and Boston and was in Chicago and Boston last year. And uh, Miami as well last week. So I think, you know, US has so much to offer, right? As in you can go for that hustle and bustle city city holiday and you can also go to your, your Napa Valleys or your Texas of the world. That's why I, I love they, it. Like literally yeah. every single state is so different and I find yeah. the people different and the food slightly different. I wouldn't say completely different. Um, yeah. It is fried and you will gain weight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, every, every single state I've gone to has had a, a different feel, or different type of holiday vibe to it. And that's why I love America. And that's yeah. why I think it's so ridiculous. Like, I think it's like 25% only have, like the population of America have passports. Something, yeah, something ridiculous. It's, it's really it was low, shocking yeah. when I read that percentage. Yeah, so I think some of your listeners might be like, that's a bit of a stretch because the flights are long, right? It's like 12-hour flights to the to the east, or to the, yeah, to the east coast. But to be honest, you know, for me, once you get on a plane, doesn't, you know, as long as it's a direct flight, whether it's an eight-hour flight to the UK or adding another four hours, there's not a huge difference, right? And I think it's, you know, what you're what you're getting from it is there. But but also the US caters for every budget, right? You can you can get incredible hotels for eighty dollars a night in some places, or you can you know go to Vegas and spend six hundred dollars a night. Uh, it kind of has a bit of everything. But yeah, the food is yeah it's, you have to definitely watch the portion control. That's <laughs> yeah. and they put they put bacon in everything. As in like you order you order soup, there's sprinkles of bacon on top of it. You order a bloody mary, there's bacon inside <laughs> it. You know it's. Um, I ordered that a nice. I know. I Actually, <laughs> bloody mary and bacon. <laughs> <laughs> It's really crispy. Yeah, it's great. Now, every time you book a holiday, so obviously Dara is a, a good friend of mine, and every time you book a holiday, you always say how you booked it, and it's always through points. It is literally yeah. always that you are so savvy with air miles, points, and things like that. But that, as awful as it sounds, every time I book a holiday, I never ever use points, and I never <laughs> claim them. Yeah. And I feel like a That's fool. Your- and I feel like you need to convert me. Terrible. So I, I, I'll tell you, I was converted about five years ago because I, you know, I think everybody comes to Dubai and apart from the, there's two things that you're going to be guaranteed in Dubai. 
One is that you gain weight when you first come. <laughs> and the se- and the second thing is that you spend more than you earn because everything is just in your face, right? So the first thing definitely happened to me. And the second thing about the spending, I was always paranoid about this whole thing of credit cards because growing up in Ireland, it's like you get your money, you save and you spend what you have, right? Aside from, you know, your mortgage or maybe your car. So when I first came here, I'd say the first three three years and I'm here eight years so the first three years I didn't have a credit card and I was actually having uh, dinner and drinks with my better half Jeddah and one of her friends Nick who's now our friend Nick uh, but at the time and I remember he pulled out his credit card to pay and it had the Emirates logo on it and I was like oh this, what's, what's, what's that credit card what does what does that do you know what why is there an Emirates logo on your credit card and he's oh yeah he was like this is with Citibank and it you know connects and every time I spend I get points so then you know everybody gets an annual flight allowance right as in pretty much every company does it and he would always you know say well I'm 99% sure I'm going to get an Emirates flight so then when I spend with this credit card at the end of every year when I fly home I use the points from my general everyday spend to get an upgrade to business. And I was like, I'd never been in business class. I was like, what? As in you get free business class. So I, I, I was like, this this kind of intrigued me because I was always like, you know, you know, what I do everything once and try it. So it was actually him who got me kind of initially thinking about this whole point thing. And then obviously, you know, the, the, the fear is like, oh my God, like, you know, I think they give you like triple your, your salary in, in an allowance, which is an insane amount, right? As in, why would Dangerous. they do that? But you, very dangerous. But guess what? You just go onto your online banking the day you get your credit card and you drop that down. Yeah. You just go into settings and you drop it down. And then that setting can't be changed up for like seven days or something. You need seven days notice for that to change. So you can't just be like, oh, I want to buy a new handbag or a new watch and change that setting that day. Right. So I dropped mine down to what my monthly salary is as opposed to triple the monthly salary. So, you know, that way, you know, you're, you're limiting your, your exposure, I suppose, to the, to the risk. But that's how I've done it. And then I think probably from about four years ago. So I got the credit card maybe two months after this first uh, time I was kind of getting intrigued by it. And then I realized so many of my friends were secretly really into points as well. And they all had like these people on Instagram who they followed and lots of these blogs. And one of them is called um, at the points, the points guy. So the points guy, uh, he's on Instagram oh. and he, he started off as like just a regular blogger doing his own thing. And now it's a company of like 500 employees who basically their job is to search the internet for all of these benefits and perks, airlines, credit cards, hotels, you name it. So anybody listening, you know, after you make sure you're downloading this podcast, go to Instagram and get uh, the points guy. Cause he's, that company has been really important too. And I think, you know, the UK and Ireland, and where we, all three of us are, are from collectively, uh, we, our understanding of credit cards is pretty abysmal because we, are, if you talk to your friends and family back home, you don't get the perks like we do out here, right? As in, so we probably weren't brought up in this, but the US has always had this credit card culture. The, you know, the US has always had these, you know, Everyone has known about, you know, the American Express, American Express black card, right? You know, the metal one. Everyone's heard about that, right? And, and you know, there was so many perks that came with it. So Dubai, often, now Dubai, I think, actually really rivals the U.S. in terms of these perks, whether it's, you know, airport, free airport pickups, you know, concierge service, valet service, besides the points, free golf for any of the golfers out there. Uh, I don't think I've paid for a round of golf apart from a few competitions in five years because you just get so much 
free stuff with the card. So yeah, credit cards are good if you're safe, if you protect yourself, right? As in, I have to go back to that because I don't want anybody no. to say, I listened to that podcast and got my <laughs> credit card and, and now I'm in debt, right? As in, that's not, you know, we don't want that. So I completely agree, Dara. When I moved here, I got given a credit card that I'd never had in England. I was like, yeah. oh, this is amazing. I get free money and I'm like spending away, you know, <laughs> this is incredible. Oh. I'm rich. Um, yeah. And then I think I must have spent like the next three years, like having trying to pay it off because I'd got myself in so much debt and then yeah. I got really scared of having a credit card so I had it in my like I didn't even have it in my purse I had it in the cupboard like in case yeah. I ever Emergency. needed to use it and then one of our friends a couple of our friends got the um Adib Emirates Skywards credit card yeah. and I literally spent like a month trying to convince my other half like a business case like think we get silver automatically on Emirates we can you get round of golfs for free like exactly like you were saying yeah. I was saying like we could do this we could do that and he was so skeptical because he was like mm, I'm like yeah. not trusted with money anyway let alone <laughs> and um and um anyway we bit we bit the bullet and we were like right let's let's try it and we actually we just booked our flights to Bali yesterday and we've upgraded it both ways on business and it's yeah. like and we're now having competitions like we go on our emirates app and i'm like who's got more emirates yeah. and it's like this competition like who can spend more money because yeah, but I'm, yeah. i actually pay it off before i get paid every month yeah. so i never let yeah. it go out i never let it go over how much i've got in my current account and it's instead of paying instead of using my current account that's giving me nothing I now use my Skywards no. miles. Yeah. It's so good. And is that is that is that for your honeymoon, Annie? Yes, is it is. So oh, nice. Well, we can connect offline as well about stuff. Yeah, I need Bali. some tips I when I heard you. I'll say. give you an itinerary. <laughs> Bali's awesome. Okay, amazing. I actually went there for the first time. I think it was about eight years ago, and I brought my no, ten years ago. Brought my sister there for her thirtieth birthday. Oh, lovely. In Singapore, Bali's awesome. Okay, amazing. So. Yeah, we'll talk offline, as they say on these conference calls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. No, but no, but what you said look you just have to protect yourself right so i'm the same i actually when i get paid i pay money into the credit card what, what i think i'm going to spend that next month and then i i rack that down that was easier when i you know uh, wasn't working so much i traveled quite a bit the last two years i've traveled more than any other period of time in my life so now i i use my personal card for work as well so i i spend more than i probably would have but i get reimbursed within you know, once I submit my expense, I get reimbursed in seven days. That's so, so good. But obviously, you must it's a pain, but I'm also. Ooh, yes. ka-ching, ka yeah, yeah, yeah. So every, <laughs> every, all, all those, all those perks now, as in, have been just magnified times like three in terms of spending. But yeah, so I think the the Adib card is great. You know that you know silver. It seems like so, it seems so nominal, but you know little things like free airport lounge. So for me, I'm like one of those you know basic guys. I was going to say a curse word, but I'm not allowed. One of those basic guys. Who, you know, you have to go for a beer in the airport or something, right? And the beer in the airport's fifty dirhams. So you're going to have two. So that's a hundred dirhams. If just two of you, two hundred dirhams before you eat food. Now with the silver, you get free lounge access, right? Or even if you don't have silver with Emirates, your credit every credit card in Dubai gets you access to the Marhaba lounges, right? So for me, each trip that I do, whether it's personal or work, it's saving 200 dirhams per trip by having that credit card. 
right? That's just a minimum, you know. And I think, you know, the people don't see those val- don't see that value to it. But there's there's a there's a huge business case. Absolutely, yeah, I like I like that you said that. <laughs> it's so good. I'm like you. We get there three hours before, and we have like all, <laughs> we literally like we're getting our money's worth, even though we haven't paid for anything. <laughs> yes, exactly. And my yeah. dad actually said to me the other day because I said, oh, I'm going to the lounge before because that my um my card you get lounge access and you've got to download the app to see where you get access all in the other it's not just in Dubai like when I go from London I get lounge access and he and I said to him I don't know why you don't you know like look into some options in the UK because I think um Amex or the you know the one that you mentioned earlier I think that's um like maybe some form of equivalent maybe um don't quote me on that but and I said because you get lounge access like that's so good and he just thought that the lounge was literally just a lounge with like sofas in it and I was like no it's free (laughs) food and drink yeah absolutely (laughs) and it does it does add up like as in my parents uh they flew over for their 40th wedding anniversary in October last year and I upgraded them to business coming over again for free, right? As in nothing off my scene, it was just points. And, you know, the, the lounge in the airport, that was the first thing they were like, this lounge you've been speaking about has this. And, and I don't know, but some airline airports have pretty bad food and drink. But the Dublin one, it's like you get like seafood chowder, leaky potato soup, like fresh like Amazing. soda bread. And then you get like really good like booze and stuff. So they were like so happy. I was like, go to the airport really early. They didn't know that they had business until the day they arrived as oh, well. So that was lovely. like the... That was a treat. Nice but the problem us. is now they're used to it. Now they're like, oh, when are we coming out again? <laughs> is the worst thing. Honestly, once you turn left, you never want to go right again on that plane. It's horrendous. Yeah. The one thing ah, I will okay. say they're, they're with, and it's so negative in a way, but I remember my flight was delayed and I've never been so thankful to be in an airport lounge. Like yeah. to have your own space, unlimited food to sit there. Basically, we've done a four hour brunch. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we done. But the, I'm not, I think I won't go into it on this. But I, I was stuck in an airport in Medellin, in Colombia, on Tuesday for 12 hours because they shut down the airport. A plane did an emergency landing, no. so I was in the lounge and it was great. I actually wasn't drinking because I was like too much to do, but I had like I think 25 bottles of water. But I was I had my I had internet. I had proper place to work. So it was the same thing. That's what. And then they closed nice. the lounge. Yeah, they closed the lounge and I had to go down to where all the normal people were. And I was like, no, there's no tables and Wi-Fi. And I, I think I spent like a thousand dirhams on, on bloody um, on roaming charges when I had to like connect it to the, to the spot. Yeah. And I want to say, actually, people that listen to this podcast, we're not just bougie. We're not just we're not we're not no. just because we, we earn Dubai salaries, tax free salaries. It's because. <laughs> we get points with our credit card and they would be yeah. like any other person in the world would be doing exactly what we're doing now. It's, it's so, only because we've learned yeah, the system. Exactly. And, Invest and it's also in a good like, credit I mean, card. This basically. whole idea of this whole idea of like the, the cash, like I think cash for tips. I think there's like three things that pay cash for the water guy, cash for the person who comes and helps us one day a week. And then like tips, that's it. Everything else on card. And, and the rest of the world is the same. You know, you go Ubers everywhere, right? Even like Uber and Kareem's give you kind of rewards and stuff as well right as in i've got my kareem marriott and emirates linked so when i spend with kareem i get points in skywards and all all this stuff kind of you know goes back and forth so the points king i mean before we ask you our final question is there any other tips so the flights the hotels you've obviously touched on is there anything else 
So there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot and you can go into it. And I think you should, you know, definitely look into this in a bit deeper as you, you know, you progress through the podcast. And because I think people will want to know about the discounts and benefits in Dubai as well, right? Because they all kind of interlink with each other. So whether it's a privily and, and what that benefit does or, you know, uh, whatever those access, the, the credit cards and the points do the same thing, right? So to give you an example, if you go out for, for brunch and you're going for brunch in, in Marriott, Right. And you, sometimes you don't even know it's a Marriott, it, but they, they are. So Bubblicious, for example, or Buddha Bar or W's, you know, any of the W. You can actually get points when you just spend in their food and beverage. You can just show them your app and you get all these points. And you'd be surprised how often you're in places that have these types of systems. And all of a sudden, you know, six months later, you're going to realize, oh, my God, I have enough for a free night stay in a hotel or have a free night somewhere. So I think it's always best to ask is in I don't I think sometimes there's a negative connotation to, towards oh do you are you know do you participate in any of the discount programs whether it's entertainer or whatever. But I always say ask, you know, as in you'd be surprised probably aside from Zuma and Le Petit Maison, I think almost every other <laughs> <laughs> restaurant and bars in Dubai have some sort of discount. Basically right? not ask them when it's going. Yeah. I'll say I'll see whether they do. Um, yeah, they they'll say no ma'am, we don't do discounts here. We don't need to yeah. yeah we don't need to and there's me looking really cheap they <laughs> <laughs> will be going okay, okay and you also can leave <laughs> you've insulted us <laughs> can I get a sparkling water I'm on, uh, I'm on dry yeah. dry April yeah, yeah. exactly um, well thank you I mean I think we could talk to you for hours Darren um, maybe we can get you back on for another episode I'm sure everyone's <laughs> going to be sending us loads of questions and like ask Darren this and whatever <laughs> so thank you very much I no, think the and I suppose it could be linked back to what you were saying, but what what kind of uh, question we ask all of our guests is, what advice would you give to your younger self? I don't know if it's going to be points related or no, something completely not, different. I'll, I'll do a younger self when I came to Dubai, because this is about, this is what goes on in Dubai. I would say that, you know, you, you do what your parents told you to do, right? So if you're getting paid X, make sure that you're putting at least 35, 40% savings, right? And do that earlier as in, you know, I think the sooner you get into that habit, once you're tax-free think I, I thought of it as like, oh, well, what's my income tax should be? And I try to save that amount somewhere. And I think doing that earlier and getting you kind of comfortable with the expenses out here, and then you can, you'd be more comfortable to start using the credit cards and using those benefits. But, you know, I, I can imagine how people coming out here just get blinded by everything you can spend your money on, uh, as I do myself yeah. sometimes. But I think <laughs> that's what I would tell my younger self is to do that earlier. Um, I love that. You really set that up because Dubai is a great place to be if you're controlled. But of course, we've all seen people who've gone into a whole somewhere or another but yeah yeah we've all got it. our hands up it's all us <laughs> yeah exactly i don't know if you've heard of martin lewis in the uk have you ever heard of martin lewis no oh okay lewis? have a look he's he's the guru that gives advice about everything like how you pay your bills how you use your points and yeah. um, i feel like i've just spoken with him so thank you very much <laughs> no it's it's no it's, it's great and i think look what you're doing is awesome i think there's a there's a huge audience out for what what you have to do because this is this is real world problems right as in we're in a first world problems kind of place to live but these are real things right people come out here not to live a party lifestyle they come out here to actually you know earn a living with a goal back home whether it's you know be mortgage free or you know big chunk off the mortgage so i think this type of podcast will give people the opportunity to both the fun side of dubai but also what you need to think about to be the reality of yeah, a place like this so i think yeah this is great and i've enjoyed listening to all of your episodes and oh, thank you more to listening Aww, thank more. you i'm glad you're a part of one of them yeah. now 
go and go and um, yeah, share it. Get 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 us loads of listeners. <laughs> <Done>. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us, Dara, and to our listeners. Please drop us a message on Life and Laughter DXB on Instagram if you have any questions about what you heard today, or if there's any other topics you wish me and Annie to discuss. Thank you.